<laughs> What's up, guys? We are here live on Berry Flow Upstream number 73. This one is entitled BlackBerry Priv Review for quite obvious reasons, as the device literally just launched two days ago. Everyone's rocking their Priv devices by BlackBerry. Personally, everyone's using theirs. I could care less about it. I'm really <laughs> all about this BlackBerry 10, man. I need BlackBerry 10. I'm still using BlackBerry 10 as my, my daily driver for now as I wean myself in. But tonight we have an awesome cast on. We've got Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How you doing, Alex? What's going on? Been enjoying the Priv. Can't wait to talk about it tonight. And don't worry, my Priv is fine, just by the way. It's a very sturdy <laughs> device. We're also here with Editor-in-Chief at Crackberry. How you doing, Blaze? Not too bad. Not too bad. So what I want to talk about tonight is a couple of things. There's obviously some news that has happened with the Priv coming out, but I want to talk about the carrier experience to start because a lot of us went into carrier stores just to see. You know, I walked into plenty of AT&T stores myself around the area and <laughs> was just amazed by the different kinds of responses I got from different representatives, literally yeah. within like miles of one another. It was very amusing. But we'll get to my story a little bit later. Alex has like a medley of Priv-related <laughs> An awesomeness that happened. So, Alex, tell us about because you're on Verizon. I make fun of you for it all the time. Tell us about what's happened with you now and how you're using a Priv, considering Verizon hasn't yet launched the device. Okay, so I'm in this kind of interesting scenario where I have seven people on our family plan, um, and we're on Verizon. So I kind of thought we were talking in the group, and someone had mentioned, "Hey, I just went to the AT&T store and I tried out, you know, the Priv. They really weren't supposed to show anyone, but you know." It was pretty cool, and I'm like, that's a good idea. So I called up AT&T and asked if they had it in stock, and they said that they can't bring it out until tomorrow, but they had a display unit. So I had told the guy, I was like, you know, I have seven people on Verizon Family Plan. We're thinking about maybe switching over to AT&T, um, but I did want to try the phone out if we were going to switch. And he said, you know, absolutely, I, I could work that out for you. So I went to the AT&T store, and I, the guy went to go in the back to get it for me, and his manager, his manager was like, "What are you doing?" And the guy was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going in the back to grab the, the BlackBerry." His manager was like, "We can't bring, we can't even bring that out until tomorrow." And I went over to the manager. I was like, "We have seven people on our Verizon family plan, and we're thinking about, you know, switching over to ATT." The guy said, like, "Oh, yeah, you can go back, you can go and grab it, you can let him, let him play with that." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so I actually worked out the pricing and everything, and they had like this great trade-in program where you could get $200 for each phone plus $100 off the bill. So we got like $2,100 towards the bill and various privs. So glad to say that six people out of the seven people on our family plan now have privs. Uh, one has an HTC One uh, A9 because they didn't want to spend as much money on the priv. And yeah, so have quite quite a few privs that I've been setting up. Um, and some, some dude at AT&T is really happy that he just acquisitioned seven <laughs> lines from Verizon. <laughs> yeah, so essentially what I, from the carrier, like how they actually felt, or the reps there, there was one guy essentially who, you know, first time seeing the device was when he brought it from the back and opened it up. He was sliding up and down. He's like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And the other guy was like, oh, you know, I heard you, you were going to get a BlackBerry, and I was about to talk you out of it, but I was like, yeah, I heard that the, the last one, or the newest one's running Android, so I guess that's all right. So this guy was about, he immediately heard I was going BlackBerry, and he was about to talk us out of it, or me out of it, or try, and he immediately was like, you know what, but it's all right, because it's Android. And when he was going, the one guy was signing us up the seven devices, he was playing with the device after he set it up, and he was playing around with it, and then he was like, oh, sorry, like, 
yeah, he's like, sorry, I'm playing uh, with this. I didn't need, like, you can have it or whatever. I was like, no, if this is going to possibly change your mind about BlackBerry, play with my device all you want. Just, <laughs> I don't care. And, um, but that was, like, the main corporate store. They actually swooped up all of the devices. They went to every carrier store and took the privs. And while we were setting up the devices that morning, this was the day that the priv came out, four people came in, went directly to the back left of the shop at AT&T, which was the display unit of the priv, and they wanted to get get privs. Um, and unfortunately, I bought them all from the store. There were there were eight in the store. Two of them were what an ass for, for a company. <laughs> I felt so bad, man. We're sitting there, sitting setting them up at this little table, and he literally six of them out. And these people walk right by the table, look at me, and and you know they asked a rep for the privs, and it's like, sorry, we don't have any more in the store. I'm getting these dirty looks, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, and it's hilarious because literally, like, you bought out like the region, so like they're gonna go around to other stores, and there won't be any. That's and I had a very interesting experience myself. I went day one to the corporate store in my area, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" (laughs) (laughs) They had no idea. So uh, I went to another store. They had the classic and the passport out, locked and loaded. I'm like, when is this priv going to come? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Went to another store. They're like, oh, yeah, priv. You know, and you can clearly tell they were reading. They're like, you know, the one that runs Android, 18 megapixel, ew, Schneider optics. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell me more. And they're like, oh, that's all I see here. <laughs> so it, I went to like four or five different ones, and ultimately no one was really up to par with like what was going on. Uh, I finally got to one the like literally the other day, and they were really, really attentive Um they were there. Priv was there. They literally just had the display unit and zero inventory. They said the inventory they were getting in was like one or two every couple yep. of days. So very, very small inventory overall. I will say that on this last store I went to, they were very attentive. Like They pulled us chairs right up to the display unit. They're like, sit, get comfortable, do what you're going to do. <laughs> um, so they were really, really – and they, you know, they kept asking questions, and they were talking, you know, comparing it to BlackBerry 10, telling us some of the changes. So I was pretty impressed on my, my latter end of that experience. But like day one of launch, no one knew what was going on, at least in, in, in Jacksonville. Blaze, tell us about your experience over in Canada, man. How's the reception been for Priv? Uh, it's actually been fairly well received thus far because um, I'm in Winnipeg right now, um, staying with Kevin for a bit, and uh, we did some. I went to the mall the other day, which is like a Polo Park Mall, whatever. Um, but it's uh, I went to the majority of the stores. I went to like the Rogers store, the Bell store, and the Telus store, and you know all of the stores had display units on. Um, Interestingly, Telus was one of the only ones that actually had like a real live unit that was available. Uh, Rogers pretty much only had like the demo, demo um, plastic unit that nobody could actually utilize. But um, the Rogers store was probably the most receptive to it uh, in terms of like telling me information about it and letting me know about the device, even though they did they didn't have an actual live unit. Uh, when I went to the Telus store, I got to stand there and play around with it and the person came up and asked me, you know, are you interested in it? And I'm kind of like, I already slid one out of my pocket. I was just kind of curious about how you guys were actually selling them and stuff. And he went through and he, he said pretty much the same thing that Alex said. You know, there's only there's only a few devices. They're only getting two or three uh, every few days or something like that until they until they basically run out of them. They can they can call up corporate and order more. But um, the guy said that he all of, out of all of the ones that he did have, which was like six or seven, he ended up selling them all, and the majority of them were on like launch day. So that that was pretty good to actually hear. Um, 
and you know, again, it was one of those one of those experiences where he knew about the device. He was kind of like reading it from the manuscript of what to tell me about it, even though he didn't necessarily know. But you know, that's 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 honestly, even if they're taking the time to go ahead and read something, that's better than what has usually happened in the past because most of the times they'd be like, here's the BlackBerry, but we really don't recommend it, and then leave it at that. So, yeah. you know, yeah. anything, anything over and above that is absolutely good. Um, recognition of the device is absolutely good, so you know, I, don't, I don't see any problems with it. I'm not going to go out and say, yeah, you know, all of the carriers uh, seem totally receptive to it in, in every sort of way, but at the same time, it's something that it, it, there does seem to be a market improvement there in terms of you know acknowledging the device and letting people know about it when they do ask about it. So, yeah, no, I I see someone typing in the chat and they said that they went to a Jacksonville store and the display unit was dead. And at the corporate store I went to, the display unit was dead as well. I went over to uh, one of the reps there and I was like, hey, you know the 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 over there is dead. And they're like, what is is it really went over? And they they plugged it in, and it was, like, at 0% charging up, charging up, and it had to get to, like, 10% before it turned on. It's like, come on, guys. Like, I get it. It's BlackBerry, whatever you have. But, like, charge the damn thing. Let people play right. with it. Yeah, and it's like they, they sent you a real device so that you could really plug it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if yeah. they wanted to send you a plastic one for demo, they would have, like, put the thing up. They gave yeah. you actual hardware. Give you hundreds of dollars. Put it up. Show it. Yes, people are going to be walking in for this thing because it does run Android. And, and I will say, for the carrier stores I went to, they still had a BlackBerry 10 device up, and I thought oh, that yeah. was awesome. They still had a Classic. They still had a Passport up. So I was really impressed with that as well, that they don't seem to be, like, throwing BlackBerry 10 out. They're like, you know, we still got units. We still want to move this too. And, again, I think if you look at the store, you're looking at this, quote-unquote, all-touch device, right, because the slider doesn't necessarily look like a keyboard device from the jump. Next to a BlackBerry Classic or a Passport, it's cool because now you've got options, right? Now if you want to go for that classic BlackBerry feel, bam, you got it. If you mm. want to go for something newer, you've got that too, you know? That reminds me of something. Um, out of all the places that I went to, the Priv wasn't actually, like, grouped with any other BlackBerry device at all. It was totally really? separate. It was it was just like basically you know how like the majority of carriers they have like their Android section they has like their other sections and so on and anyways the the Priv wasn't sat next to any of the other BlackBerry 10 devices it was just kind of like randomly stuck between like some Samsung devices and such it wasn't yeah. wasn't sit next to the Passport or anything it was really kind of weird. That, yeah, that's probably strange. better. That's probably better staging, especially if it's like one of a you know higher traffic areas. Yeah, put it again, next to why, other, you know, yeah. yeah, put it next to the other Androids. It does make sense. Where I was, it was it was kind of often like not the main area, but it was like kind of three subdivisions, and there were some Android devices next to the BlackBerry one. So maybe they just you know that fell in line with their overall layout. Yeah. But so carrier experience is not too bad. And while a lot of the initial reviews are saying that you know this is an AT&T exclusive, it is not. Verizon has come out and said the Priv will be coming soon. So again, following up kind of the leaks we heard a couple months back that this is going to be hitting a lot of the major carriers, if not all of them, at least some point. I've seen John Legere from T-Mobile actually talking about it and, and talking about how he and BlackBerry can get together and do something with the device, the Priv. So maybe we will see something, maybe an online promotion or maybe some in-store Nothing yet on T-Mobile or Sprint as of yet, but obviously the device seems to be capable for either of those networks. Do you guys think it'll come maybe 
before Christmas or end, you know, or maybe early next year? Or do you guys think mainly just AT&T and Verizon are going to support this this part of the U.S.? No, no, I fully believe that, that it, at the very least it's going to end up on T-Mobile because I don't I don't know if uh, if you guys caught it as well. It sounds like James may have caught it, but basically there there was a tweet that was sent out from the T-Mobile account. Saying you know we don't we don't actually carry the priv, but you can buy it and it will work on our our band 15 network or whatever the case may be, and then the um, the uh, the dude I don't know what his actual role is <laughs> feel bad about that but anyways the the dude Mike Sievert or from T-Mobile basically he d he did a few follow up tweets saying you know that that initial tweet was it was incorrect we're working on something with BlackBerry we will have some more news soon. So it sounds to me as though that you know they they have something in works or they're where they are at least working on something and they're just not ready to announce it yet because as much as the um, AT and T uh, portion of it isn't necessarily an exclusive, it kind of is an exclusive for a short period of time. It's just not an exclusive in in the broad scheme. It's like it's like it's not it's not like AT&T is going to be the only carrier with this thing of course they have like a mini exclusive you get it for like 3 weeks or something like that and then it goes to other carriers so they'll be they'll be um, i have I have no problem in saying that it'll probably show up on T-Mobile at some point Sprint though I don't know I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. know like Sprint, Sprint hasn't had a BlackBerry device since like the Q10. So yeah, this is the perfect time for them to get on board, though. Like yeah. Sprint's, Sprint's making moves, BlackBerry's making moves. I think there there could be some kind of and and Sprint has some business customers as well, just because the prices are good and the coverage is decent. So I, I would like something to happen there if they can talk and tout all four at least in some point for Priv. I think ultimately that'll that'll be a success for them. Look, they're looking to try to sell five million of the Priv units, and that's how you do it. You got to get with your carrier partners, have them promote the device, and give them something worth promoting. And, yeah. and, and Priv is that device these days, right? Yeah. And, all the apps. And and I'm not gonna lie that like I really didn't like getting on contracts and things, but AT and T they have their Edge program, which again it's like we figure well you're probably gonna end up overpaying. Uh, for the phone at the end of the day, but yes, uh, I guess at the end of the day, over the course of 28 months. You end up paying seven hundred and forty-eight dollars for the phone. So yes, it's about forty-eight bucks more than its MSRP is on Shop BlackBerry. But so I'm making eighteen dollars and fifty cent payments per month for twenty-eight months, and I just had to put two hundred and sixty dollars down. But it's like realistically, I'm. It's just like a free, no interest loan for the device that I'm just paying back, and like that made it affordable for my entire family. If it weren't for that, we wouldn't have all gotten priv. So. I'm realizing now. After after giving him twenty one hundred dollars to make the change from Verizon, <laughs> like, dude, trust me, I I really looked into everything to make sure that it wasn't that way, and like, it's I'm seeing now really how how integral carriers still are. Again, I really don't think they should be. I think it should be a direct relationship with BlackBerry when you're buying a device, but. Um, it's I don't tough know. because hey, BlackBerry has no like actual physical footing in yeah. you know to, for people to go and actually like hey I want to touch it I want to you know tell me about like it. it yeah like it or not carriers are basically what still maintains like that relationship with BlackBerry in order to go ahead and, and push the devices out the door I mean yeah as as a consumer it's absolutely amazing to be able to go ahead and just order a device from Shop BlackBerry have it show up at my door and not have to worry about a carrier contract but again. The majority of the people out there, I don't believe, purchase phones that way. Um, you know, it's kind of like kind of like the Amazon theory. You you go to you go to Best Buy 
to actually play with some of the crap, but then you actually yeah. go home and you order it on Amazon because it's cheaper and it's faster and you know whatever, right? So it's that sort of sort of philosophy. But it, you know, BlackBerry really does need the carriers on their side. It's um, as great as it is to be able to go ahead and, and buy an unlocked device directly. You know, you probably do end up saving some money in the long run. However, you don't get that that full-on experience. And, you know, that goes both ways as well because sometimes the carriers are, as we very well know, they're, they're, they're detrimental to whether or not a device can actually succeed. They can either run yeah. it into the ground or they can raise it up and help push it out the door, right? So It's really the reps there, man. Like, the one store I went to, though, the guy, the, it, the stupid part was they got a display unit, but they got zero actual devices there. And the guy was laughing at me about BlackBerry, and he was like, it's not like anyone's going to be camping outside for them anyway. And I didn't even want to give him the time of day, but you still have people like that. Yeah, so. I mean... I will say, I saw this thread on CrackBerry that was like, that was hilarious. There's a picture of the AT&T store, and they're like, here at, like, right at the like early morning, and there's like no one there. <laughs> they're like, well, I hope they have some left, and the funny thing is like, they probably didn't. They probably didn't. <laughs> they probably oh, never got so. any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So All right, so that's carrier, enough with the carriers. Let's move yeah, on. <laughs> carrier conversation aside, right, we wanted to at least talk about, you know, how it's going out there. Definitely check your local carrier, see if they've got Priv if you're in, the, in North America. But let's talk a little bit about your review, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it was super, super, super detailed. I want to just hear a little bit on the background of, like, what concept – what concept did you have behind it when you went to go do it in terms of like what were you trying to show off what were you trying to convey in your review were you coming at it because we talked about this a little bit on the last upstream like how you were going to approach it was this a review for Blackberry for Crackberry users or was it a review kind of for the general user who's interested in Priv well I mean the way that I went about it I didn't necessarily want to go ahead and do it like a head-to-head -head comparison with Android I obviously didn't want to do necessarily a a head-to-head -head comparison with BlackBerry 10 either because that, you know, realistically that that all takes a lot of time and we have we have plenty more time to go ahead and look at those things. And what I wanted to do was basically just lay the groundwork there, make a few comparisons to Android, make a few comparisons to BlackBerry 10 and let you know what the differences are between them. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to put it like, head-to-head uh, -head with any sort of one device, like, yes, you should buy this versus the Nexus device or anything like that. I just wanted to keep it all very standard. And I didn't necessarily know that. Some people were, like, waiting for the review and, and basically telling me how I should go ahead and write this review. And it's like, I looked at those threads. I took them under consideration. And not, not to, you know, downplay anybody's opinion or anything like that. I just went about it my own, own way. And I think it, it worked out really well. Um, like I said, we have uh, we have a, a, a ton more content coming, and you know, deep down, personally, I was I was actually kind of worried about the review because I didn't. There's so much to actually dive into and cover and do comparisons on and show people how this is the way that it works and this is how it doesn't work and you know all of that stuff. There's so much information there. Like I honestly beat down my review from what I really wanted to have in there. Um, so overall, I, I think I laid down a, a, a pretty basic review to get the, the principal stuff out there, let people know. 
Um, Russell over on Android Central, he did an absolutely amazing review as well, arguably even better than mine because you know he had he had more people to go ahead and help him out with it and get that thing uh, all straightened out together. And you know it, it that's that's perfectly fine. I don't. It's a I don't, phenomenal I, review. Very yeah, good I, review. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, people were like, "Well, Android Central killed you guys on the review." I'm like, "Yeah, well, Android well, Central." Android Central has 10,000 devices to review in the run of like a month, so yeah, they're gonna pound the crap out of the priv, and, and they're know, gonna I, get it out and move on to the next device. Meanwhile, on CrackBerry, I have to I have to stretch this out and show people how to actually go ahead and use it because Android Central already has a built-in audience of Android users. They know yeah. how to use Android, right? Like this is all common basic stuff for them, and and uh, you know people moving into into Android from the BlackBerry 10 world have a lot to learn about that stuff and, and that's my opportunity to go ahead and teach people that stuff so you know I, absolutely Android Central I have no problem saying they did an absolutely amazing review uh, but I, I specifically just wanted to lay the groundwork uh, to have have a have a talking point and and get started on Priv we have entirely way too much Priv stuff to actually still go through and you know that's what we we're going to be dealing with. Yeah, Only you know, I, I think, too, like, the average person, they hear CrackBerry, and, you know, if you're a member of CrackBerry, you know there's probably going to be some bias there, where somewhere like Android Central, they've never reviewed a BlackBerry device for obvious reasons. So regardless of how great the review is, you're probably going to trust that review a little bit more, thinking yeah. that it probably won't be as biased. So it, I really don't think that it should, you, your review necessarily should even be compared to that. Like, an Android website... Yeah, like they have tons of devices that they've been reviewing that are running Android. And then you're in this weird dilemma, how should I review this device? Should I review it compared to BlackBerry 10, compared to other Android devices, or just as a phone? Like, it's it's really confusing, actually. Yeah, and I, you know, that was sort of my predicament to go ahead and figure out. And I didn't, going into it, I didn't necessarily know how I was going to do that. But overall, I think I... I probably could have put more into it, but I, at the same time, I didn't want it to be so long that people, you know, didn't really want to read it because, as it stands, I think it's like almost 6,800 words or something like that right now, and like you know, I could have I could have kept going to make it up to like 10,000 words if I really wanted to. But did you write it all on the priv? Like they did part of it over at Android Central. No, but it, what I did do is I I made sure like as I was using the device and learning different stuff about it and having thoughts about it as I was going through it, I was basically sending all my notes to Evernote so that when I did it on the desktop, I had those notes already in Evernote to actually go ahead and refer to. So yeah, so kind of. So now that we've now that we've briefed ourselves on the reviews and, and a little bit about the device, let's talk about. Design. So I want to hand this one to Alex, and then Blaze will talk display. I'll talk camera, and we'll continue going through and actually review this device and, and give a breakdown of it. So Alex, tell us your opinions on design, and I want a, a measure between you know zero to ten on the overall design of the device. So tell us what you think of it. Design. So this is kind of interesting. I actually did a little test with a few people, uh, my mom and, and various other people, to kind of see what they thought. So here's the Z30, which is what I had previously. And I, I wanted to kind of get an understanding of how the dual curve display, like, functionality, you know, just what about it is, is special. So I said, here, hold this phone. So she held this phone, okay. And then I handed her the priv. I was like, okay, now hold this phone. I said, 
which one feels thinner? And she's like, this this one, the Priv definitely does. And I'm like, you know what's funny? It's actually a thicker phone. But what they do is having the curve, the back kind of curve up and then the screen curves, it feels like this phone is really thin because the part of your hand that's actually touching the phone is really thin, whereas this is really thick. So they actually somehow managed to make a thick phone with a nice big battery feel thin. So from a design aspect, that's like... That's a feat that's very impressive to me. Very, um, very impressive engineering feat on their end, on, on the yeah. slider mechanism and everything, so I would totally agree. And then design two, I'm, like, literally, you can hold your phone fairly, like, straight. This is just a few fingers, three fingers on the back of the phone, holding it pretty straight. Um, my stepsister, who had the HTC uh, 1A9, she handed it to me because she was having a problem. I was over my desk. I immediately dropped it onto my desk. It was only about, like, three inches, but, like, I immediately dropped it. The thing is built like an iPhone, and it's slippery as hell. So Can I, I just like, say I don't? I, I've seen, like, seven or eight different people mention that, and I, I don't understand it. I was like, I don't get the appeal of, like, being able to go like this and hold your phone up. Like, but when are you ever going to do that? The, the point is... <laughs> the chances of you holding it like this and dropping it are a lot slimmer than something like the HTC. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you, man, I dropped her phone immediately, and I have not dropped this thing yet. Yeah, uh, but I my stepdad did drop it. It's so. just funny that that's like the, a highlight it, out of the majority <laughs> of the people. It's like, look, you can hold it like this, and it doesn't fall out. I, yeah, <laughs> no. I totally, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, but I Four wanna, fingers! Like, it's not like, because a lot of people, too, like some of the reviews are saying the back is like cheap or whatever, but I'm. it's like, it's functional. It's, it's util- yeah, it's, it's got utility built in for sure. Yeah, so like from a design perspective, the one thing that I feel a little bit weird about is when I place the phone down and obviously the lens is sticking out, I feel like the lens might get scratched sitting on a surface, but I really don't feel like, you know, it has it kind of has an inlay that I don't think you should really worry about it, but everything else about it, um, you know, flicking this open, it doesn't feel any heavier. The phone, this part of the phone is very thin that slides up so the weight distribution doesn't get, you know, offset whatsoever. The keys are very solid. I was worried that they might be like plasticky kind of keys, but they're definitely metal or some form of. It feels like it at least. And they're and, cool. It's cool that they're reflective too. They're not just like yes. metal. They're like mirrored yes. almost, which is kind of yeah. kind of cool it looking. Is, yep. And I then, do have I do have to say though that coming from coming from a passport and going into this keyboard was extremely yes. difficult for me because I'm like. It's so you know, small compared, yeah, man. Yeah, like on a passport, you're just like, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then on this, it's like, I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, and then like, and then there's an awesome virtual keyboard as well. So that's yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. So so Blaze, tell us a little bit about the display of the device. What are your impressions on the Quad HD Super AMOLED screen that we're looking at here? Um. Overall, I mean, I haven't had any real problems with it. It's nice and bright when you actually turn the brightness up, and I find that, like, you know, midway, it's actually pretty good. Um, I did notice one not necessarily weird thing. Maybe it's just the settings issue or something like that. Um, if you if you take if you take a few devices and you sit them side by side, um, the iPhone particularly looks like it, it. The whites are a little bit better on it. They're a little bit whiter. They're a little bit brighter. Um, but in the priv almost looks like it's kind of like a little tiny grayish in color. Maybe it's a little, little more muted, uh, but it's pretty much on par with like the Samsung. I was using uh, a Samsung uh, Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. What a long handle. Anyways, um, it seems on par. <laughs> HTC 1A9765. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. It seems on par with that one. Um, but that that's what I will say is that it does seem like the iPhone has a little bit more um, brighter whites on there. But that you know that that's not necessarily anything as well because uh, I didn't play around with the settings because um, like like on BlackBerry 10 devices, there's also the option where you can go into the settings and make your display uh, brighter or you can make it cooler or warmer, whatever the case. Um, it does that little scale, so you can you can adjust it there if you do find that it's a little bit too dark or a little bit too bright for you. Uh, but overall, I've been absolutely absolutely satisfied with it. I mean, I think I think we're pretty much beyond the point these days when it comes to you know higher end devices that really are problematic in terms of their displays. I think every every device that is you know, as long as the specs are, are pretty much on par, then you know exactly what you're getting. You're going to get a good display out of these devices no matter what. Um, I think, you know, on the lower end of the scale, that's where things get a little bit sketchier. But, you know, if you're comparing the iPhone and, and, and the S6 Edge Plus and, and the Priv or anything like that, you're going to get a similar experience uh, only, only when you go to a lower grade device or a lower pay scale uh, for the device. It's, should the display really be can something to be concerned about. It's already, it's pretty good. Seems fine. And I, I think it's also good to mention that that curve is not necessarily as profound as it is on the Samsung yeah. devices. And, it, and I think it's better. It's already kind of a gimmick, right? I mean, ultimately. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it really is a gimmick. And uh, again, using the S6 Edge Plus, it, it, you could see the deeper dive that it takes on the edge. There was, um, in my personal opinion, you know, though, the, you know, how some people were saying that the edge on on the edge uh, S6s were it was a little bit too deep and it was causing distortion in their video and stuff like that. I didn't find any of that really really problematic on the Priv. It just seems like it's it's an edge enough to say that it's there, but it's not enough to be a hindrance upon anything. Yeah, and again, I think it's more of a design aspect to it anyway, and it makes my phone feel thinner, and that, and that makes me yeah. happy enough. And it makes um, it look a little futuristic, too. I, yeah. I would definitely agree on, on those sides. So camera-wise, we're looking at a Schneider Krushnak 18-megapixel camera, dual-tone LED flash, phase-detect autofocus, optical image stabilization, capable of shooting 4K, the camera's really good. I mean, I will say that it could be the animation, it could be the actual camera shutter, but I do find it takes photos just a, it takes them quickly, but not as quickly as I've seen on other phones like the iPhone and, and like the Samsung. It takes them relatively quickly, and the camera quality from what I've seen so far has been pretty good. I like that it's very fast to focus, and it you can actually moderate when using video, and it'll actually change focus very quickly. As well, when doing like 4K video and, and HD 1080p video, I found that the optical stimulus stabilization actually did a really, really nice job of keeping things together, even when I was kind of walking. Um, I was really impressed with the camera. I like that it has some of the BB10 aesthetic in terms of long pressing on the camera preview to get the share uh, and delete options. I thought that was a nice touch. And as well, you know, the selfie panorama is a good idea. That's one of the areas where I feel like they could have done a little bit more, a higher yeah. megapixel camera. But I do understand that for, like, video calls and things like that, you know, a higher megapixel camera makes it more bandwidth to necessarily push over the air. So from a, from a perspective like that, you want to have good quality video, but you don't want to overbear it, right? So well, I, think, I think it's a happy medium. I don't know. Uh, personally, I think that they should have just thrown in a better one just for the sake of it, because you know, it it was it became one of the 
it was a low point. It became a low point for the majority of people's reviews and user experiences, basically because that was one of the lowest points that they could pick on, right? Like, yeah. there's absolutely no reason, as far as I can tell, anyways, that they couldn't have jammed like a five or an eight megapixel camera in there. I get it, you know, it is what it is. We have a two megapixel. Maybe it was a size issue. Maybe it was a space issue. I don't know. I just kind of think that they they could have did it just for the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. Here's here's my thing though. They very clearly on this device reuse stuff they already had. Oh yeah. Very clearly with with the with the glass weave with even the buttons. I feel like they 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 tried to keep it reasonable in terms of development using a lot of what they had. And I'm sure they probably had some of those modules. They knew it worked already, and they're like, all right, let's just go for it. So, yeah, it, so, it, I don't know if it was a cost-saving measure or what, but you know, I I still believe that they they should have did it just because they could have. But, yeah, from yeah. a technological standpoint, they definitely could have. Uh, Alex, t tell us a little about the reception on the device. Call quality? Have you dropped on Wi-Fi? Has LTE been strong for you in comparison to how your Z30 was on Verizon? So talk about a little bit of the reception on the device. Does it work as a phone? <laughs> Does it make yeah. calls out? <laughs> I I want to touch you to touch on one thing real quick, last with the camera, because I've had a lot of questions about it, and we had a discussion earlier about it. How come the native resolution is 4x3 in the camera app. What is the reason for that? Can you explain that? We discussed it a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah. We discussed it a little bit earlier. It does comes down to megapixels. So if you scale to 16 by 9 you're actually cropping down on the megapixel so that you can get the width. So 4x3 is a standard for photography, and that is, again, to make full use of the megapixel on the camera. So that's why it's set up. It's, it's not the square. It's the 4x3. That's a standard for laptops. It's a standard for, as well for photographers so that you can make sure to get as much out of that lens and module as possible. I like 4x3, and I normally crop down to square, so that's that's normally how I do, and, and it's good to see that. Again, this, this camera was built by someone or a group that understood how a camera works, and I feel like there's a lot in the back end of there that really makes this camera work well. I, I haven't yet tried out any third-party camera apps, but I'm really excited to do that, maybe get a lot more manual controls. I'd say that's a little <laughs> bit of a, a, a drawback on, on the current one. But again, it's just getting started, and I will say over the couple updates that have come, it's been amazing how much like Hub and Camera have gotten better and better with each update. Yep. So I can only imagine, you know a couple months from now where the device is going to be in terms of some of those applications. So, Alex, swing back on reception for us. Yes, yeah, so I, I haven't been able to test this too much, but from, from what I have, for, uh, I actually have some interesting examples because everyone in the family has privs, so I've really been talking from my priv to someone else's priv, so I really have like a, a call quality slash reception from two of the same devices. And I can tell you that my mom had actually called me when she was in the car, and she she sounded definitely clearer than normal. I just had the phone up to my ear, and she sounded a little bit different. Like, sometimes, if you've talked to people before, and their voice kind of sounds different when they get a new microphone, her voice sounded different. Like, I heard her a little bit differently, but it was in a good way. It just felt clearer. And I asked her, I said, you know, how are you, how are you talking to me right now? Is it through a headset? Because she normally calls me through a headset. She said, nope, you're in speakerphone, just sitting in the passenger seat right now. And I was surprised by that, because, again, that kind of, at least for me, verified that speakerphone quality was great, and I heard her very clearly, and I felt like I was there with her. Um, uh, you know, Wi-Fi and, and reception, at least on AT&T, has been completely fine. I haven't had any problems with it. It's been very speedy. I can't believe I haven't done a speed test. I should probably do that to kind of see, you know, because people like to do that, test out their networks and stuff. So 
uh, I'll definitely do that and, and get back to you on that. But again, I really don't have too much to comment aside from everything's been working fine as a phone. The thing works like a phone and it works fine. Very have clear. You, have, you, have you dropped Wi-Fi? How's LTE connectivity? Um, no, I, I haven't dropped anything. I'm actually sitting in my room right now, and I have well, at, right as I pick up my phone, I go to three bars. I was at four a second ago, but normally <laughs> with Verizon, I was around three, four bars in my room too. So it's it seems completely you know the same. I'm really not noticing anything. But again, I need to go to some more rural areas and maybe go to I don't know Allegheny or something again, not get sick and actually test it out and see if I actually get reception up there. But from from what I've been testing, it's it's really been great. And I will say BlackBerry has added in the BlackBerry Natural Sound Acoustic Suite on oh, the Priv yes. to, en to enhance your audio quality to the other side through my, microphones. Really, really good stuff. My uh, brother, called, he had a Z3 because we transferred his phone over in the store, so he didn't even have a phone. He had to contact me through BBM through Wi-Fi. So he BBM voiced me, so I answered my first BBM voice call on my Priv, and holy crap, it sounded so clear. I mean, just... Just I, again, like he had a Z30 and I had a Priv, but man, it's it sounded much better than when I just talked to him with the Z30 to Z30 uh, through the. Obviously, that's using data instead of the actual uh, call quality network, but it sounded great, man. Excellent stuff. Um, and again, this device is hitting on all cylinders, right? It's really firing and, and making it happen. So we got a little bit on reception. Blaze, tell us a little about performance. Android has had a lot of performance issues when it comes to full disk encryption. And BlackBerry seemed to have nailed that here on Priv. What's your experience been in terms of the performance of the device, multitasking through apps, running multiple apps, uh, and overall just how the device is, and, and in comparison maybe to some other devices you've been using? Um, overall, everything has been has been pretty quick for me. I mean, I haven't experienced any drastic, you know, lag or anything like that. I mean, when it, the way that I have to have to look at it is basically in comparison to other Android devices. For one, um, you know, whether or not you, if you're using the same app, do you do you experience some of the exact same slowdowns and stuff like that, or is it something that is exclusive to the Priv? And let me just, to, to break it down and, and put it into easy terms, every, everything that I have noticed about the Priv that could essentially be like, that said that, you know, maybe, maybe this is a little bit laggy or maybe that is a little bit laggy or maybe this has problems, it's nothing that has been specific to the Priv. It's stuff that is specific to Android in general. Um, the only exceptions to that I would have to say would be within the, um, and unfortunately I have to have to say it because the, it, you know it's the reality of the situation. Um, the only exceptions to those rules are basically within the BlackBerry Hub. Sometimes the BlackBerry Hub, like doing the swipe gestures and stuff like that, um, if you if you've not opened the BlackBerry Hub for uh, quite a period of time. Uh, it seems like it seems like there's almost like a startup process. Like if, if it's running in the background and you you're constantly jumping in there, it'll work perfectly fine. But if you stop using it for like 45 minutes and you don't open the hub for like 45 minutes or whatever the case may be, it seems like it, it needs to start up and process that information. And there is a little bit slight lag when you start swiping through things and moving into different windows because of, of the volume of information that's there. And I can't. I can't determine who to specifically blame for that. Is that an Android problem? Is that, you know, a BlackBerry problem? 
I tend to lead towards the fact that it's probably something that BlackBerry has to go ahead and work out, basically because of the fact that it is their app, it's running on their device, and with that in mind, it, we've we've spoken to BlackBerry about it. We know that they're constantly updating um, all of the applications to go ahead and improve upon them, um, even even during the review time. Excuse me. Even during the review time, there was uh, I think four, three or four updates to all of the BlackBerry apps. Remember how they how they put them all into into Google Play? Um, throughout the whole review process, all of those apps were constantly updated and. You know, it, it, I believe the the last batch of updates came the day before the reviews went live. So there's probably some more updates that are going to be pushed out. I mean, obviously there is, and BlackBerry seems to be on top of, of uh, actually being aware of of the issues that some people are having in regards to that. So overall, the general performance is pretty good. Um, but again, I'm not you know I'm not going to say that the performance is absolutely perfect on all aspects because I do believe that the, the BlackBerry Hub is still, I don't want to say a work in progress, but it, it's something that is continuously being improved upon and hopefully they'll they'll reach some, some pretty good ground there in terms of it. Overall, I mean, you know, this is this is their first run at an Android device, so there, there kind of has to be some some exceptions there in, in leeway, I figure. Oh, Chris, you mentioned and, and Hub isn't perfect on BlackBerry 10 by any means. Oh either, no, so, no, exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. What were you gonna say, Alex? I'm sorry. Yeah, you you mentioned that the Hub sometimes, you know, it takes a second to load up, especially when you haven't been using it. I have a question. Like, do you always like go to your recents and like clear the Hub from there, or do you let it like sit in there? Are you someone that like, constantly clears all, or do you let it sit? No, I clear all because of most of and I just like. Okay. I can't, I can't so, have things open and just randomly running like I'm finicky. I and that's what I, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've learned from at least Android. I've I've tried to like teach myself a decent amount about Android, and they really explain that the recent apps you should the ones that you're going to constantly use throughout the day don't close. There's no reason to close it. And so like if if the hub is closed and I click to open, it takes a second for it to actually boot up and repopulate the data. Whereas if it's still there and then I click it again. It's pretty much instantly and populates the data because it's kind of running in the background. Yeah. So the thing is, something like the hub, you really should that clear all button. Uh, people who are like heavy understanding Android, it's really not smart to keep pressing that. You should leave the hub, for instance, running there at all times if you're going to be using it throughout the day. Yeah. That, Damn it, Alex! Better. I'm gonna use it how I want to use it. That that clear <laughs> that clear all button is basically a. a Permission to basically go ahead and shut everything down. Yeah, uh, you know, you can even you can even see it on the launcher because the launcher icons disappear. Yeah. You're basically shutting. It's a task manager that shuts everything down at that point in time, and nothing stays in memory, and it clears everything out. And once you do it, it arguably makes your device a little bit faster. However, you start opening apps again, and then it, you know. All that yeah. stuff adds to taking away from the amount of RAM, just like it does on a computer. The more apps you open, the more it uses, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you really, you really shouldn't be clicking that clear all button every single yeah. time. But I do tough habit to break, man. I'm the same yeah. way, dude. Like, I don't like stuff running. And then if you don't clear it constantly, then you might have 50 apps running. So yeah. I don't think it's to the extent of BlackBerry 10, though, because when you have a BlackBerry 10 app running there. Um, in an active frame, that uses up a lot more resources because it's more truly running, whereas on Android, it kind of 
pauses it to an extent, so don't be as worried. It's not like having 50 active frames going on BlackBerry 10. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about software because that's such a huge part of what this device brings to the market, right? It's going off of Android's base, which already has millions of applications. You know, people talk about the file manager. There's literally thousands, amazing ones. Alex talked in earnest last podcast about them. <laughs> if you want to hear them, go to the Crackbird comments. He linked out on Upstream Heart. But again, software is such a huge part of what makes these devices valuable. And ultimately, going to Android opens up the, the floodgates in terms of application support. So I will say that the software has been pretty phenomenal. The fact that they were able to accomplish so much in in on the device is pretty remarkable. Like getting a hub-like experience, getting Facebook, getting LinkedIn, getting some of those things built in is really, really remarkable in terms of hub. As well with the productivity edge, it replicates the peak feature for you. Again, one of those other awesome features that they're bringing over to really harness what the device is in terms of hardware, but adding in software to really elevate the experience. And I'll say again, the small modifications that they've done adding in the masonry-type layout for the uh, multitasking and recent app views is, again, these smart refinements that only BlackBerry would do. In terms of software, I think they respected BlackBerry users by giving them just enough and as well respected Android users by not giving them too much. Everything is opt-in in terms of the yeah. software, and I kudos to BlackBerry for that because it allows the user to use the device how they want to use it. I will say if you're trying to use third-party keyboards, you're obviously going to lose a little bit of the uh, yeah. you know, the native keyboard functionality. Maybe that's something BlackBerry will build APIs for in the future. I don't know. But at least in this point, the software seems to be pretty good. And really, for their first Android device ever, it's remarkable how far it is in terms of you know how refined the overall experience is. So kudos to BlackBerry on the software. Alex, tell us about battery life. You've got, you know, Family members out the wazoo with Priv, are all of you guys experiencing kind of a similar battery experience? Or, and how, how is that so, on your end? It's so difficult because, again, like, the first day is syncing accounts over, and it really needs to just sit there, and, like, you're going to get more drained than normal. Um, I think it, I'm at the point where my accounts have kind of really... They've, they've synced, and they're sitting, and they're, they're being all right now. And I did do some things, like I've disabled Gmail... Um, from also syncing because if I'm using the hub, I really don't need Gmail to constantly sync. So if I go to Gmail, I pull down to refresh it. Again, I'm not going to the Gmail app so often. I'm mainly using the hub. But I do, all, I do have Inbox actually doing that, but I don't have it notify me. So I do have some interesting mixed usage. A lot of, I have three accounts tied to the hub all pulling in. And again, the battery life is, isn't incredible. It's, it's, it's good enough for me. I'm happy with it. I'm getting about, I want to say, close to six hours screen on time and right now for example I, I I just charged my device so I have an hour of screen on time at the moment I'm at 82 percent and it says I have 16 hours left again if that's not 16 hours of mainly using your phone that would have to be like using your phone for maybe like five hours total and the rest it just sitting in your pocket or whatever it's doing but I did leave uh, uh, one device sitting there it was sitting at hundred percent I purposely unplugged it and I left and went to my my cousins for the night. So I was there for about six or seven hours and I came back and the battery was at 98%. So six or seven hours sitting idle, the thing went down by 2% battery life. So yeah, we know Doze is coming in Marshmallow, but like I think BlackBerry did something with Doze, well not Doze, but their own kind of version of it that's that's going in the background as well. Um, it's been great for me. Again, it's there's really no phone that's going to get you ridiculous like two, three, four 
days of battery life or anything, but it, it gets me through the day using it a normal amount. I've been on my phone a lot lately because I've been playing with it, but... Yeah, that's pretty much been my experience as well. I mean, I usually hit around that 5-hour, 11 minutes, or yeah. somewhere around there on screen time to basically like a 6-hour mark. Anything beyond the 6-hour mark is kind of like really pushing it in terms of on-screen time. Um, but to, to put that into perspective for like a daily use, I could wake up at like 9.30 in the morning, be at work for like 10.30, whatever, and you know use my phone throughout the, the whole day and not really have to worry about it until I get home. Uh, I mean, the way, I, the way that I use my phone is if, if I can make it throughout my whole day without having to run to the charger or anything like that, I'm pretty much satisfied because realistically, who doesn't charge their phone at night unless you actually forget to do it? I mean, if you forget to do it, then you're, you're probably into to a bad situation and you might not have enough to get you started in the morning. But, you know, yeah. if, you can, if you can make it go all day long until you get home and you have absolutely nothing to do except for sit on your coach and charge your phone, good enough. And I will yeah. say, the battery edge is completely, like, non-essential. But it is cool to have at the same point. Yeah. Dude, the fact that it shows you how long until your phone is charged, like, that's actually useful information that it's, like, uh, 45 minutes still 100% charged. I don't, I, at least in the past, I don't know if it's ever told me that with any phones I've ever had, but it's a cool thing to know, like, oh, my phone will be fully good in, like, you know, 40 <laughs> minutes. It's nice to know that. Yeah, it's it's a nice feature. It's not, you know, it's obviously not yeah. essential, but whatever. But it, the, I do want to mention that if you're getting this phone, get a charger that has quick charge so it has more amperage output because I had uh, uh, just a normal BlackBerry charger for, like, my old Z30 plugged in with one phone, and then I had my old Playbook charger, which is a little bit more amperage. It's it, you, I could go a little bit higher than that. But from about 20% up to 100, it's at 45 minutes for the one in the playbook charger. And for the other one, it was sitting at like an hour and 50 or two hours. So it makes a big difference if you get like a, a more power, powerful charger. And your phone just flies for charging. I was, I was joking with Alex, told him to hook it up to a car battery. It'll charge in like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> might blow up, but... Okay, so the, that's, something, uh, that's something N4BB would do for sure. <laughs> Let's test it out. Boom! So, Blaze, close it out here. We talked about design, display, camera, reception, performance, software, battery. Tell us about ecosystem. Why are we on Android? Why are us BlackBerry 10 users on Android now? Because that's what BlackBerry produced and put out now. <laughs> oh, I mean, the ecosystem, I mean, when, you come, when it comes down to it, I still... I still believe that uh, you know the ecosystem and the Android ecosystem, when compared to iOS, probably isn't necessarily as best. Uh, but BlackBerry, of course, can't uh, they can't load up a device and and uh, have it run iOS. So Android was one of the the next best options to be able to go ahead and and have that device work. And you have the the whole ecosystem of Android available to you, which arguably offers some interesting and unique. Um, um, stuff to be able to go ahead and play with stuff that you you probably wouldn't be able to go ahead and get on iOS anyways. Um, right. You know, uh, well, a lot of wearables. What else do we have? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have the you have the whole ecosystem um, to tap into. I mean, even even right down to Android Auto. Um, 
the wearables thing is absolutely perfect because anybody who was was concerned about you know whether or not they they could get their Moto 360 working with their BlackBerry device, well now it's no longer a concern. You have all of that stuff. Um, uh, even the Chromecast capability, a lot of people, um, and this this kind of this kind of weirded me out because I think a lot of people didn't necessarily understand that you know the 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 Miracast and the Chromecast stuff is all built directly into Android. Like people were freaking out, like why doesn't why doesn't the priv specifically say that it has Miracast? It's like because it's all rolled into Chromecast and wireless display options. Like Miracast is there. You don't have to freak out about it. Like it's all available. Um, but I, I think the the Chromecast side of it is also something that we uh, we now have access to because uh, you know that whole Android ecosystem is there to, to tap into. Um, in fact, I, I'm, I enjoy that fact so much that I'll probably just go away, give a bunch of, go ahead and give a bunch of Chromecasts away on Crackberry because we now have access to it. <laughs> you know, slide, slide me one on the low. No one, yeah. no one has to know. <laughs> so what do you guys, if you were to give this device a, a rating number, what would that number be from 0 to 100? Would it be, you know, above an 80? Like, Alex, I, I was interested in hearing from you, like, if you were to give this device, again, across the, the different yep. things we just covered, design, display, camera, reception, performance, software, battery, and ecosystem, collectively, what would you give the device as a rating? I the When you said that, the first number that popped in my head uh, was an 87. Um, there's definitely, it has some quirks to it. Uh, but it's funny, too, because, like, Google, Android, things, it has things that I, that I, really have never been able to experience, like the OK Google um, that I'm really enjoying. I was laying oh, in my bed yeah. last night. I was just laying there, and I had my phone plugged in, and I was like, geez, I need to be up in eight hours. It's like I haven't, I haven't slept. I pulled a 35-hour non-sleep thing, so I was like, I need to make sure I wake up, but I really don't feel like moving right now. And I was like, it hit me. I was like, OK, Google, uh, set an alarm for 10 hours from now, and now it's doing it right now. It hurt my <laughs> and now anyway. Um, but yeah, so I it just said like, okay, your alarm will be set or to wake you up and it, it said whatever time it's an hour from now. Jeez, it's just it's just reading my voice right now as I'm talking like hardcore. I just gotta stop it. Um, but yeah, I, it was like that's just something that's been an Android that I've that I'm really happy to be able to take a part of like now. So uh, there are In things the that I love, but there are some things that, you know, need to get better over time. Almost in the same vein, like I absolutely, I absolutely agree with Alex's scoring. Maybe I, maybe I push it to like ninety, um, but um, to, to make the comparison with Alex, I, uh, um, as, as I mentioned, I'm in Winnipeg, and I, I've, I've never, I've only been to Winnipeg once before, so I don't know my way around or anything like that, where any of the, the stores are or anything. Um, but I've realized. Uh, as I've been walking around Winnipeg, Google Now has been basically informing me of really cool things. As I'm walking around, it's like, hey, if you need to catch the bus, here's the bus stop, and here's how you get there, and here's when the next bus will be. And it's like, okay, that's really freaking cool. Or it's like, hey, did you know there's like a Tim Hortons up the road? Or <laughs> it'll hand out directions to these places that, it, it, it believes are of high interest to me because it knows that I haven't necessarily been here um, in any any grand time, right? So 
It, yeah. That was really, really awesome to be able to go ahead and just pull up that information. It's like, oh, cool, now I know where that store is, or now I know where the, how to get there, or whatever. Yeah. It was really fascinating. Which I feel a little bit bad even talking about any of that, because, again, that's just, like, basic Android functionality that people who on, on Android have been, you know, enjoying for a while. Like, yeah. my mom, she's, she's going on a trip in three days, and I showed her, I was teaching her how to use her phone and everything, and I swiped up, and it said, like, uh, have fun on your trip in three days, and it's like, click here for your itinerary. And it's like, here's the time that your flight's going to be there. Here's the hotel you're staying in. She's like, how did it know that? I was like, Mom, that's Google. It just knows that stuff. Like, this is, again, this is nothing to do with the priv. This is just Google. So it does have some things that Google, why Google is such a large company. These are some of the reasons why. So, yes, taking BlackBerry to, to try and make you more secure and private, obviously some of these things it's doing aren't necessarily private because it needs a lot of your information to do these things. But I think BlackBerry is the one that can make a good mix between Google services and privacy. So yeah, and to be fair, I mean you can disable that stuff if you really want. Oh yeah, to. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no actual requirement. It's just that it comes pre-enabled. So if you don't like it, just go ahead and freaking disable it. Um, but you know, even even though it is just natural Android stuff that we've we've been experiencing and now we're sharing with others, it's still good to to go ahead and mention because these are the things that have been topics. Um, previously, that people people were missing out on. It's like you you guys all saw the all the all the posts on the CrackBerry forums. Like, can I get Google now on my BlackBerry? Can I install Snap and get Google now? Like, no, yeah. but it's now you don't have to worry about it. It's an interesting segue into some of our Patreon questions, Blaze, because <laughs> one of the questions here is actually talking about some of those apps, and it's funny because. There was a point in time where BlackBerry users were upset that they couldn't get Google Play services and Google apps on BlackBerry devices. <laughs> and, now it's, and now we're actually seeing some of that switch where Android users are now getting frustrated because they can't have BlackBerry apps and services on their Android devices. Yeah. How the tables have turned. So head over to berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. We accept questions, and there's a full support campaign over there. But we have a question from one of our supporters, Sam. In your experience, has the priv been running hot, as some people have suggested? Is this due to the 808 Snapdragon? Uh, I have not experienced any heat aside from the initial kind of like setup of the device. It got a little warm. I, aside from that, like I really haven't been using it. I'm still on my passport, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know I, I'm probably biased in saying it's not hot. What do you guys experience? Uh, in, in my personal experience, pretty much the same thing. Like when I initially set it up, it uh, it was a little bit warm, um, and it hasn't it hasn't really been warm since, unless I was like you know doing something really intensive, like playing a game or anything like that. Um, but in the in the same respect, Kevin Kevin has his priv, and he was saying that his gets a little bit warm uh, just from regular use, and I don't. Uh, I don't know what to make of that, like because if if some people are experiencing it and others aren't necessarily experiencing it, then I'm I'm more interested in the actual the actual specifics behind it. Like let's see some screenshots, let's see some of the yeah. data that's coming off of your device to be able to go ahead and determine where these these heat sources are actually coming from. And there's plenty of people who are willing to go ahead and say, yeah, my device get gets hot, but they're not they're not giving any sort of indication as to like where the source of the heat is coming from. Like, is it just randomly getting hot? Does Is there any data to show that, like, hey, maybe your screen is causing this problem or maybe an app has just gone awry or, 
Or maybe you, you know, have a fever, yeah. like uh, <laughs> blackberry fever. No, but so what? So, more cowbell, baby. More cowbell. <laughs> no, but but realistically, um, if I like, if I have my phone in the passport charger, which again is it's putting more output is going through this, and if I'm using the phone, so say I use the phone for like a half an hour, have it plugged in, and I use it for another half hour. Yes, it gets warm, but that's because you're charging the the phone while still using it. If I sit there, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I may have been on my phone for like a two-hour straight period throughout this process of, of going through all this, and yes, it did get a little bit warm, but there's you're not going to be using it for two hours straight in, in average usage. So yes, like, you're going to get it, it's going to be a bit warm, and again, I was doing day-to-day -day tasks like Reddit and, and setting up the device and doing things like that. Um, but realistically, I think any phone's going to be that way. My Z30 got warm too. There's some days that like yeah. I I pull it out from my pocket because I was using a lot, or put it in, and it's like it is really warm. So again, I I don't know. I I really do wonder where some of these reviewers have said it's got really hot. Again, I've only used BlackBerry devices, and some devices have gotten pretty warm. But again, it's been me using it a lot, or while it's charging. So I don't. I honest. I honestly don't understand it. Like, I could understand if your device was consistently hot and you always touched it and it was, like, almost burning your fingers, but, you know, on a regular basis, I mean, what what does it come down to? These things are mini computers jammed into your pockets. Yeah. No fans. Like, okay, it's running gigahertz processors. Like, your desktop has a fan, obviously, to cool <laughs> it down. Exactly. So uh, there's no fan on your phone. I really, I really don't get the whole, the whole "it gets hot" sort of thing. Like yeah. I, I understand it, and people are going to continue to go ahead and talk about it. But I, I, I mean, yeah, if you're doing if you're doing a bunch of stuff on your phone, then expect it to get hot. It's not water cooled. It's <laughs> right, liquid cooling like the surface. <laughs> right. Dude, Linus tried. He water cooled phones. He he bagged some fires, and it actually did make. Differences, like because some of the phones do downclock when they start to get warm, yeah. and I would be curious if this phone does start downclocking the the 808 when it starts getting warm. I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, I would love for someone who actually had. I don't know. I I would never do it to my phone. I don't even care that much, but I would love <laughs> someone like Linus to do it with this phone. Come on, do it. <laughs> dip it in some water. It'll be fine. Yeah. Put it put it on the upstream. <laughs> so. Let's talk a little bit about security here. BlackBerry did mention they're going to be patching, doing hot fixes where there is a super critical update that needs to happen, and the carriers, are, you know, they will bypass in some instances. Now, again, these are going to be very, very small fixes to, to fix a very specific security issue. Otherwise, they are working on monthly updates, and this is an initiative Android is trying to do specifically with their own OS. And BlackBerry again working again on the security side of that. This kind of influences in powering for me because you know we talked a little bit about software earlier I really feel like the priv was built for marshmallow in oh, yeah. many aspects not only are apps like DTech really meant for marshmallow but even like the the OLED screen and doze like there's just these certain things the way that the uh, the long press on the the circle button the home button brings up the three options I feel like again these are things Google now on tap there are so many things I feel like priv was built with Marshmallow in mind, but in order to get it to market, it had to be Lollipop. 
Yeah. Because what, like Marshmallow launched like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I mean, like, it's going to take some time, right? They have to make sure they've got the, the secure hardware root of trust for the bootload and all yeah. that stuff. But again, BlackBerry is really dedicated to security on this device. So when you're looking at that price tag, again, this is a gorgeous device. It's a flagship device. It's running the latest specs. It has BlackBerry's application suite. And it also has security atop of Android. So you're not going to get that for a, a menial price of, you know, 500 bucks or 4 450 right? This is a high-end device that runs fully encrypted all the time, bringing BlackBerry's prowess to Android. So when I, when I talk about it, things like, things like Priv's DTEC, the hardware root of trust, and some of the other additives like the security patching that's going to go on, it's really positive to see BlackBerry doing this for the device because that's the kind of support that they need to prove that they're going to bring. Because if they do that, and, and I, I want to kind of swing back to our Patreon questions because they, they slide right in here, but you know, security is obviously a big point. Sam also asked another question. Also, what are your thoughts on the Android community patching the BlackBerry APKs to make them available for other devices? I think, personally, an inevitability, it was going to happen. Yeah. But I think it, it also teases and kind of feeds the line a little bit, right? If you're fishing, you kind of have to let the fish go before you reel it in, right, to actually hook it. And that's what's going to happen with these apps, right? People are going to patch them. People are going to like them. They're going to become incompatible, and then BlackBerry will be able to charge for them at some point. Yeah. And, again, it's all about optimizing and making sure that all those devices are ready for it. But what are some of your thoughts? Do you think that BlackBerry can sell their experience suite to consumers I think that they probably could. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's it's necessarily a wise thing to do right now because as we mentioned earlier, you know, there are still some quirkiness within those applications that that will need to be worked out, but I think at, at some point in time when it, when they reach a point where, you know, some of those quirks are gone, there it, there's absolutely no reason as to why BlackBerry couldn't necessarily go ahead and offer these things to other devices um, depending upon it, whether or not they want to do that and actually put in the the testing to be able to go ahead and test it out on various devices and such like um, you can buy SwiftKey or whatever any other numerous amounts of keyboards directly from the Google Play Store so why not make the, the BlackBerry keyboard available right why not charge for it um, why not have the the BlackBerry launcher in there and you know charge two or three bucks for it whatever um, BlackBerry deems necessary I mean even the calendar app if BlackBerry feels strongly enough about their calendar app that it offers a better solution than than what is available on Android or some of the other comparable options within the Android ecosystem then why not charge for it right um, it just seems seems to to kind of make sense and I don't think anybody at BlackBerry should be leaving any money on the table when it comes to that stuff. I mean, let people go ahead and get used to it. And and like you said, um, the, the 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 no the no money left behind. Amen. Yeah, exactly. the the patching The patching of the a APKs was inevitable. Like even before, like when I when I when I realized that they were going up on Google Play and everybody started trying to download them and and basically the the comments. Um, coming from from BlackBerry directly, where no, it's only available for the Priv. I technically that was correct, but you know, deep in my mind, I'm like, yeah, well, it's only available for the Priv now because that's just the sheer nature yeah. of Android. It, it, Please, it, and I <laughs> may or may not have tried to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, my my Android APK. Uh, decompiler, decompiler doesn't uh, doesn't work that way. My brain doesn't work that way, but you know, for others it does, and it only takes a 
takes a quick look at the APK, strip out two lines of code, repackage it back up, and there you go. <laughs> We're running out of steam here. Chris needs to, to plug in soon, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question, though, because you're, you're talking about the security suite, and at least for me and all six of the phones that I dealt with, um, if you go into Google Play under My Apps, well, none of the, like the hub, the keyboard, none of that actually showed under Installed. I actually had to navigate to BlackBerry, go through each app, and, and install the update. It didn't actually notify my phone that there was an update available. Yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting comment because that's something that I've experienced as well. And That seems really not good. I don't know seems, why it's doing it that. It seems not good, um, especially from like an out-of-the-box user experience because of the fact that there may be people out there who don't, who don't know that you need to actually go into Google Play and yeah. update the app. I didn't know I had to. Yeah, and... Um, I don't, I don't have an explanation for it because from a technical spend standpoint, Google Play should be updating those applications. It's almost as if BlackBerry did something um, specific to, to make them not update as per normal, which in a way kind of makes sense, kind of, from yeah. maybe a user, a, a enterprise user standpoint. I don't know. Um, because of the fact that maybe it'll it'll be a bad install or whatever, um, but it just, it does seem it does seem yeah it does it does seem a little bit weird that you you physically have to go in there and manually update the apps like it doesn't just specifically tell you. They didn't want us to be able to see these numbers here, man. Because like if they're, <laughs> if they're not being updated, then it's not going to show the proper install. Well, so, honestly, I I, I don't even I don't even really agree with that because I think if 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 BlackBerry wants to go ahead and grab some attention, then adding those numbers would absolutely be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like no, if, absolutely. If you see, like, see 10,000 downloads versus 5,000 downloads, what do you think? Like, instantly, if, if, if there's that many people downloading it, then obviously it must be interesting or cool or good or whatever, right? Like, yeah. show me those numbers. Show me the big numbers. Give me yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. just, just to segue here, this is for someone in our chat right now. I just want you to hear this. This is this is that slide. It is very satisfying. He, dude, you're slamming that hard, man. <laughs> no, like, 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 like this phone, like, is so sturdy. But like yeah, no. this, this phone is the one I love. Like, passport. <laughs> so, so, Priv, I will do it. I did it again. I mean, like, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's gonna be okay. But dude, it's a solid, solid device, no doubt. Smart I, slide is awesome. I do find myself sliding this a lot. Like, I was sitting at the dinner table the other day at my, my aunt and uncle's, and I was sitting there sliding. It's just so fun. And something interesting I noticed that a lot of people were wondering is when, like, if you put your finger on the screen and slide up, will we'll do something weird? Well, they actually do something where, see, the screen is halfway up right now. You can't click anything on the screen. They have it so if the keyboard is on its way sliding up, it disables the screen. Nothing works. Once it goes down, then it then the screen functions as it does, or if it's all the way up. So they actually know, like they see you're starting to slide. We're going to disable the screen so that way you can use your thumb to slide up and down without messing around whatever's going on the screen. Again, it's a smart engineering aspect that they kind of did, and you know, it, it's I don't know, interest. Awesome. This stuff interests me. So one of our other questions here from Chris over on our Patreon private BBM channel. So Are you accusing me of submitting my own questions? Because, <laughs> like, come on. Chris Lord, not on. you. <laughs> no, Chen made mention in his recent Fox interview about... Actually, I believe that was a Bloomberg interview, actually, Chris. Um, <laughs> Chen made a recent mention in, in his interview about spending R&D money on a quote-unquote new platform. What might he be referring to? Now, 
It was a very good interview that he did with Bloomberg, a 10-minute Awesome. He seemed very prepared for it. Now, R&D money, about $700 million plus on a new platform. I think ultimately what he means by new platform is Android, and as well, the integration of good with Bez 12 to really flesh out that entire offering. BlackBerry just closed its fifth acquisition in 20 months with the the completion of good technologies acquisition. So R&D is going toward the integration of all of those pieces to make it all a unified company. And I think that's the platform. This is a platform for secure communications across any device anywhere in the world, through crisis, through consumer, across the board. And I think that's the platform that he's trying to amalgamate, Chris. And you know, what do you guys think when he mentioned working on R&D in a new platform? Obviously, this Android thing that he's building. But if you think about it a little bit further, priv by BlackBerry is such an ambiguous term. You can imagine a Priv as a platform itself, just secure Android as a platform. So you could imagine a Priv by BlackBerry tablet, a Priv by BlackBerry whatever, you know? And that Priv, in a sense, is almost its own platform away from Android because it has so many security additives to it. So what John Chen means, who knows? Maybe he didn't know what he meant, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. Possible. Wouldn't be the first time, but he seemed very, very well composed in that that particular interview. So when he says new platform, I imagine it's all the pieces on this acquisitions that he's brought and bringing it into a consolidated platform for IoT and beyond. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that there are more Android devices already in play, and I think that that goes to what you said about working on the Android platform. Um, it, they're basically making a play for a little bit more secure Android and all of those pieces may not necessarily be in place as of yet, um, depending on how, how you want to go ahead and look at, at the situation. But I think they're making a larger play at working with Google and having, having that, that portion of Android come together as something more cohesive. And uh, you know everything else that you mentioned in terms of IoT, all that stuff is, is something. Like John Chen has something on his mind. He has something planned out. And we're just going to have to wait and see what exactly it is. But I, I fully entirely believe that there's probably already another Android device already floating around Waterloo. Oh, no doubt. No doubt on that. We had another one from Johnny over in the UK. Has anyone had BlackBerry's Android apps for Priv running on the Android runtime on BlackBerry 10? Oh, that hurts my brain. <laughs> right. I mean, is it possible? Probably. But... I can't see the benefits. <coughs> well, things like the hub, like do I need another two, hub? Oh, man, that'd be, two that'd hubs. be crazy. That'd be, that'd be nuts, though. Um, things like, uh, you know, BlackBerry's task app, its notes app as separate applications. I can see some, some benefit there. I, this is, a, this is a, a comment I brought up a while ago where if BlackBerry were really, really dedicated on the longevity of this Android play, on the longevity of an overall BlackBerry 10 play, and continuing to support that, why not bring in more, more of your Android applications to BlackBerry 10 to augment the experience? Yeah, it's not native, but you can still add in new experiences while still focusing on your core focus, which seems to be this Android OS and this Android thing. So, John, that's a good question. I'm sure people have played around with trying to get those apps working. My question is, to what benefit, you know, to what end is it really going to be useful? And this is our last question from Rob, and then I want to close with some of our favorite features of Priv as we close out our review here. Rob's question, many of the comments I have read on Crackberry criticized the Priv for not being BlackBerry 10 enough. 
how does BlackBerry take control of the message this gives to the public? I mean, you can almost see the headlines in Globe and Mail. Even CrackBerry users can't stand the priv. What are some of your thoughts? Do you think BlackBerry can really control their message? I mean, Alex, maybe talk about BlackBerry's site redesign. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's pretty obvious right now that BlackBerry is trying to change their image altogether. I mean, here's their, their site. Um, it, it's so funny because you go to the site now and you see people. Uh, in web design, at least, when you see a face, you're, uh, people are naturally drawn to look at a face. And the first thing you notice is, like, the guy with the kid. You know, there's a guy looking at his phone here. And every picture, there's the priv. And it's like they're, they're really focusing on this kind of it, – it, really, it feels to me like they're going more of an Apple route in the sense of your phone is more than just a phone. It's, it's an extension of you, so keep it private and secure. And I think they're – I do like that they're doing a rebrand because before their site was very – I guess, I don't know, corporate, there wasn't too much anything special, but, like, you, you click the priv now, and it just brings you into all, like, these marketing things. They're black and white pictures, and it's it, it's 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 interesting. I, I'm kind of liking it. It takes a bit to get used to it. Um, but I do think, yeah, they, they had kind of a crisis that they were in. They had to figure out a way to rebrand and focusing their phone more on being an extension of your, bat, or your, your body and how they're going to secure that because it really does mean so much to you. I think that is, it's an interesting way to go. Obviously, a lot of the people are feeling a little bit weird about some of the marketing that they're doing with some of these pictures, but I, I get the sense now they're really trying to to inter, interconnect people with the phone, whereas in the past it was very, like, corporate, here's your phone, this is how you get work done, productivity, whereas now it's like, this is, you know, important to you. We're going to help you secure it. It's, I kind of think lot. that they screwed up with the actual marketing. Like, some of the... the <laughs> yeah, no, I... For sure, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't mean that like in the grand scheme. I mean, like when you look at those images, those images that you just had up there, and yep. some when you start clicking on some of them, some of them are really, really good and really look. They look awesome, right? But the images that we initially saw were all kind of sketchy, scary, robotic, <laughs> kill you in yeah. the shower, like. Insane it, dude, asylum business the, the, and this creepy one. They actually, they actually like got rid of the face because it was creepy as hell, right? They actually took, they they got rid of that face. You still see the hands there or whatever, but it's not yeah. as creepy anymore. But it was really creepy before. Yeah, but some of these, some of these lifestyle pictures, yeah, that's are absolutely is, yeah. they're great, right? The life, yeah. the lifestyle pictures are great, and it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, why did they roll with the creepy stuff instead of the actual? lifestyle stuff first because that seems like it would have been more compelling to roll with the lifestyle stuff rather than the creepy kill you in the shower business. I'm like, why? Yeah. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm wondering why that dog got a priv before um, I <laughs> <laughs> did you also Did you also notice that they like slipped up and there's like nothing but priv photos? There's like seven or eight proof photos, and there's one like dude sitting there with the passport silver edition, and that's it. It's like, <laughs> is I they, think they really? out of place. <laughs> that's funny because everyone was want wondering. It's like, why was there not this this like big launch to happen for the private? It's because they spent those resources on a site redesign. This, I, I genuinely think they didn't go for this launch and spending all the money to get press to go there and everything because they instead spent that money on a website redesign. This entire website now just screams priv. You literally go to the website and here's like 10 pictures just all about the priv. So yeah. this is this is the I, way they're I doing marketing. I personally feel like they didn't do the launch event because 
there's that idea that the that those in attendance are automatically guaranteed a device. Yeah. And when you give out devices, oh, he's when, not doing that. Yeah, Plus, when you give yeah. out thousands of dollars worth of devices, it adds up. I think he spent like two hundred thousand dollars at the passport launch just giving out devices. Yeah. So like, I think that's really the main reason, right? They did events. They were smaller, more low key. So those events happened. They just weren't press events where you know there's a big hu- hu- you know who hubbubaloo or whatever the word is. <laughs> I've never had to use that phrase until now. Thank you, thank you, upstream. So you know when talking about it, you know Rob's question: How does BlackBerry take control of the message it gives to the public? I think they need to consistently keep pushing this message of privacy, yeah. security, and that. BlackBerry has finally come to terms with itself in terms of its mobile platform and that this is the way forward. And they need to instill confidence. I think that's something that's super important because BlackBerry doesn't have a good track record of updates and things like that in terms of like Playbook, BB10, etc. So they need to come out strong. They need to come out consistent on a repetitive message so that we keep hearing it long enough that we can finally believe it. And I really think that the BlackBerry 10 enoughness of this priv will come Things like Blend will come. Things like BlackBerry Travel, I pray, will come. Because those are the things that elevate a BlackBerry experience to literally be a must-have. And those are the reasons I've stuck with the platform for so long. Can I just say something about BlackBerry Travel? Please. BlackBerry Travel is an absolutely amazing application, and it is absolutely great on BlackBerry 10 devices. However, I want to point out that it's pretty much just a white-labeled solution that is WorldMate, and WorldMate is available on the Google Play Store. You can essentially use the exact same solution. Just saying. White-label it. White-label it for me. You gave me yeah. content. You gave me content transfer. Give me the the travel app. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it's just like it's more of a a saving face type of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, I as many apps you can put on there that have your BlackBerry branding just elevate the overall experience yeah. or perception of that experience. That's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just wanted to point it out in case anybody was drastically missing BlackBerry Travel, you don't have to really fully give it up. Like you do you do still have great options that are available to you. So, Alex, you like to call- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just get one, right? Uh, Alex, what's your favorite feature of Priv as we close out here on this podcast? Absolutely, 100%, most definitely the keyboard, but not necessarily for typing. It is for the fact that you, I can press, say, this P key here that then launches my photos. So then let's go back. And if I click and hold down the P key then this actually opens up my CRM for work. If I press the C key, it opens up my camera. And if I hold down the C key, then it opens up... I didn't hold it down. <laughs> down the C key, then it opens up my calculator. You can have two program- programmable keys for each key you have to instantly launch an app. So, like, for instance, if I want to go to settings normally, I would pull down from the top and click that, or I just now I just slide my phone up and I click O, and settings is immediately open. Like, just just getting to any app I want is so quick, and I've showed this to a lot of people, and they they fall in love with it. It's the, I I don't even know how to how to explain it any better. Yeah, than I agree. The keyboard the keyboard the keyboard shortcuts are ultimately better on the Priv than any of the BlackBerry 10 devices because yeah. of what they can actually lead to. You have so many more options of what they can actually do in terms of functionality. Like you can open up apps, you can email contacts, you can. And when I say open up apps, yeah, the, you could do that on BlackBerry 10 as well. But 
you know, you actually have the apps that you want to go ahead and fully use at this point. Like, you can have all that stuff. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, an example of what, what you're saying is I can click T and it'll actually create a new task, or I can click and hold down T and it'll open up the tasks. So I'm actually having one of the keys literally, rather than just opening up the tasks application, I have it actually open up and then go to the create new task, so it takes one of the steps out. So there are a lot of predefined kind of shortcuts that you can access to really like jump within an app to do something very specific for that one key button. So it's it's I'm overwhelmed with how much I can do with it. And I spent like a couple hours just assigning keys and I'm like, yeah, it's this pretty is clear cool. because you you have every key on there mapped yeah. to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex has a key that launches his key enabling shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good idea while I'm setting it up. Oh, Alex, man. Alex has a key that uh. That turns on the CDMA on <laughs> sim swap. No, so so Blaze, Blaze, tell us what are some of your your favorite like what is your favorite feature of Priv at this point? Uh, I mean, I agree with Alex absolutely. Like the keyboard solution is absolutely perfect. I also really enjoyed the uh, the pop up widgets options for like especially BBM because um, I find that the notification system isn't necessarily as good on on Android as what it is on BB10, so I, I find myself using the pop-up widgets a lot uh, on there. Uh, one of the other things is, um, let me bring it back up. So yeah, the uh, the pop-up widgets and the keyboard and basically the, the camera is probably one of the biggest features for me as well because finally being able to go ahead and take some nice pictures without it actually screwing up and being all blurry and absolutely ridiculous is uh, is a is a pretty compelling argument as well. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's not necessarily a huge feature that everybody's going to uh, be absolutely amazed or fascinated with, but it's it's uh, is you know it's one of the things that I enjoy. Wait, show show us off that thing, that the aperture modification that you showed me the other night. I thought that was so cool from the camera application. Oh yeah yeah. So. It's features like this that like you don't know about, you can't read about. There's no how-to or help, but you have this discovery. So watch screen here. You're locked on right now. Yeah, so if you – am I actually showing – yeah, not my computer. So um, if you scroll to the left or the right while the camera app is open, you can adjust the, the aperture on the, the camera itself. And it's pretty much just like a side scroll left to right, so you can – control it so you can open up your, your aperture and have your images be brighter or you can scroll and have them be a little bit darker and you can focus in on anything as well. Of course you can go landscape mode with oh, it. Oh, you minimize it. Uh, uh, Chris, do you, do you have portrait mode turn, portrait lock, lock turned on? Uh, no. Okay, well there's something interesting that I saw with the camera app that I that it hasn't been this way in BBM or BlackBerry 10 and, and it bugged me a lot is I always keep portrait lock on. So essentially when you turn the phone sideways, it won't turn sideways. Like the app won't turn sideways. Well, oh, in yeah. the camera, what they do that's smart is I have portrait lock on, but when I turn it sideways, all of the symbols rotate and I can tell that I'm doing it properly. Whereas in BB10, sometimes I would go and take a picture that I thought the phone was sideways, but the, the phone would have taken like a vertical picture thinking that I'm holding it like this, but I'm really holding it like that. So this actually has a visual cue even though I have portrait lock on. So it kind of ignores portrait lock on the camera, but it makes sense to do that. And like little things like that, you can tell they're paying attention. Or that might just be a normal Android feature that I don't know, but these are things I know is from being a BlackBerry 10 user going to Android. Yeah. 
The other thing I really like is um, on the launcher, you know, how, how it comes out of the box set up with, um, you know, like the, it, well, the Google launcher, and then it comes with, like, the hub and device search. Um, I like the fact that you can actually go ahead and change those things and have it launch. Like, I, I've removed the hub from there because the hub is already on my main screen. I don't need a launcher to be able to go ahead and open up the hub. Like, why do I, you know, I'm duplicating things at that point in time. So depending on, you know, what my situation is, I can actually go ahead and change those things. If I'm, you know, going away on a trip and I need some, you know, maps or anything like that to be able to go ahead and quickly reference, then I can change it and launch those things easy. Or So you, you mean know, this? When you hold it down, you have those three yeah, icons? Yeah, yeah, yeah like so I, you can switch I, I switch the left mine and right around. one. Yeah, okay. you can switch them around. You can basically put whatever you really want in there. And you know that's that's good because of the fact that you know not everybody needs the hub. Why do you why do you need the hub on the launcher when the hub is already on your home screen, arguably? Yeah. So, for me, one of my favorite features of Priv is that it's not BlackBerry 10. No, I'm just kidding. That's not it at all. <laughs> it's not it at all. Let me so, write up this hate mail right now to James. <laughs> James, why did you say that? <laughs> No, I threw my priv like it's, it's on the ground somewhere, so um, I, I can't show it to you guys right here. One of my favorite features of priv is is not really a feature. It's more of like a design thing. I love the front-facing speaker. I think from a design perspective, putting that front-facing speaker there just really brings the design and everything else together. If it was going to be a software-specific feature, I really, really like pop-up widgets. I think yeah. it's such a smart implementation. It gives BlackBerry 10 users that peak feature that we're so used to, but for individual apps. So Alex will show it off here where he's on the calendar. Simply swiping up or down on the application actually brings up his calendar view. Something that my buddy loved is, yeah, you can also do the pop-up feature like on Twitter. So say you just want to peek in what people are saying, boom, pulls up my feed, I can read through the feed, and just click right off of it, I'm right back in there. You can do it for BBM, you can do it for pretty much any app, well, pretty much any app that has a widget, a widget. you mm -hmm. just assign it, and I'm getting a lot of use out of it because it's cool. I don't have to open up Twitter and I can read the, the, mm -hmm. the feed like yeah, from my awesome. home screen. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. You don't even have to like go into the hub, you don't have to go into the Twitter app or anything like that. And you know it has lots of lots of different use case scenarios depending on which application it is. That's why it's, you know it was one of my my key features as well. Yeah. Yep. I also like the uh, the recent applications. The fact that you can modify how you want those recent apps to show. You can stay with the default masonry, which is the BlackBerry layout with the tiles that change size based off usage. You can go through just straight tiles, which has everything very even like an active frame. Or you can go ahead and use the Rolodex, which is that sliding carousel. So again, BlackBerry, if, if it's not necessarily a feature that makes Priv great, the, but the fact that it allows the user to determine and define how they use the device and that BlackBerry didn't push too hard on any one side. They kept it very, very balanced from the hardware itself to the actual software on the device. So kudos to BlackBerry. I really do hope this device is the device that pushes the market forward for you because your devices have been phenomenal. I will say Passport is a great device. Passport is so good. It's missing those things that BlackBerry just was unable to deliver. And Cluely said it best in one of his tweets, you know, Android is now going to allow us to do what we need to do to give the users what they want. And, and that, is, that is ultimately what Priv does. And that's really, really why I'm, I'm impressed with the Priv. Alex, close it out here for us. What you got, bud? 
So I just wanted to mention one thing. I'm sure many of you have heard. <laughs> yes, Blend is not yet here on the Priv, unfortunately. Hopefully, within the next few months, it will be here. But the nice thing about Google Play is there are a lot of apps that, that mirror the functionality to an extent. So I've tried two apps, so I just want to show you them and tell you which one I, I recommend. Um, there's there's AirDroid and there's PushBullet. So AirDroid here, essentially, you can see your notifications, you can see your SMS, and you can go and reply in line. If the phone's rooted, which of course you can on the Priv, you can mirror your device over, so ignore that functionality. But I'm actually preferring PushBullet. So PushBullet actually has your SMS messages, your notifications, oh boy. <laughs> so essentially it'll pull in your Twitter and things like that. You can respond to it right there. So you don't necessarily need Blend right now. Um, there are alternatives, but hopefully Blend will come here soon. Was that Kevin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, Kevin? Everybody says hi, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> he just, just flashed his priv real quick on his way out. Anyway, guys, we're gonna we're, let's go hop on this after show. I got a couple things I want to you know get candid about on the after show. I gotta pick my priv off the ground over there. Uh, <laughs> we'll get started on that. But uh, veryflow.com forward slash Patreon. If you're interested in checking out any of our bonus content, thank you so much for watching episode 73 of Upstream. We will see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Take care, guys. Later. Peace. Later. And.